Hey everybody, happy Wednesday. Welcome to the Woody Hayes Athletic Center. It is the Podcast Daily, and you know, the middle of the week, it's the perfect time for a stock watch. That's Bill Landis, Jeremy Birmingham. I'm Austin Ward. We also have a new segment. We stopped by our friend in Grove City, Ryan Johnson, to get uh, an update, just trying out something new with one of our buddies. Uh, if you like it, let us know. If you don't, too bad. It's part of this video, <laughs> but we'll see what happens. Too late now. Yeah, too late. Um, but hopefully you'll enjoy it. We thought it was cool and it was fun for us. So we're just going to add that into the stock watch, see what happens with it. Um, but for now, we're going to talk about some current Buckeyes that are making some moves. And Berm's going first. Oh, Jair Brown. Easy. Yeah, right. I should have gone, gone I first. Mean, easy. Jair Brown clearly is a guy that, even as someone like myself who covers recruiting pretty extensively, like he was the first commitment in the class of 2022. He's sort of a forgotten guy for a lot of the cycle. Uh, the Buckeyes were happy he committed early and liked his game, but I don't think anyone expected him to be able to contribute as much as he has to this point. Some of that is depth issues at corner. Some of that is just Jair having a, a personality and a mindset that uh, he wants to, to get out there and compete. And generally speaking, in a place like this, if you want to compete, that is how you elevate. That's how you move up the list. And, and he's a, a young guy that really is embracing the opportunity and i think he's changing the 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 culture a little bit in the cornerback room um in a in a group that needs some 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 pushing from the younger guys because they're all younger guys (laughs) lift and separate (laughs) and that's what uh jair brown is doing i i think he's lifting and separating (laughs) yeah i think he's a guy that has put himself in the rotation now even when everyone else is healthy and i I don't think anyone would have anticipated that three weeks ago two weeks ago like, yeah, we talked about that with Caden like Curry. Yeah. Then it hasn't happened yet. You well, think it's happened for him? I do because the numbers are so different there. And, yeah. uh, you know, we don't have any real idea if Jordan Hancock will be back before Penn State. We don't have any idea if he'll, be, if he'll play it all this year. It may just be, you know, a year where he, he just medical red shirts and we don't know. So that's speculation, America. Don't get all weird about it. All right. Uh, but Jair Brown is being weird about it and he's taking advantage of, of that weirdness. And, and uh, he's. I, th- I think it's called swag, Berm, not weirdness. Oh. That dude plays with an edge for sure. Certainly does. Yeah, that's a good pick. I think whoever went first is probably going to pick him, right? Yeah, I, yeah. I definitely was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I uh, made a huge mistake. Yeah. He's, yeah. Sorry. Sorry. We'll get an impact next week. Um, <laughs> Donovan Jackson. I was oh, really? going to say the whole offensive line, but I won't do that. I'll say Donovan Jackson, um, who I think earlier in this year looked, looked like a first time starter, um, particularly in, in pass protection. And that's getting better, but he was so good in the run game last week. Um, I think that's where he can make his biggest impact right now with his athleticism and the way that Ohio State likes to run the ball, get those guards moving. They've all they've all played well, but because Donovan is the youngest and like the newest guy there, and and I think has has shown the most growth to this point, um, I think he's in a really good spot. And uh, he, he's a guy. There's there's a few young guys on this roster that I think are going to keep getting better week by week. But I put him near the top of that list. I would say based on. Certainly my preseason expectations and something that I said about true freshmen and playing that I didn't really give Sonny Styles a chance. I didn't forecast the injuries. We'll start that. But the fact that he's out there in the first half against Wisconsin was ex- certainly notable to me. Now, I do think that it's important to put it in the context of Lathan Ransom being in, you know, injured, not available last week. Cameron Martinez uh, also injured some guys who would have you know, been involved before him had they been fully healthy for that game. But that doesn't matter because he still had to go out there and perform when called upon, which he did. Now, I don't know what that means for going on the road to Michigan State or going playing Penn State or the rivalry game in November. I don't know what what that 
how that will translate for his role. But I certainly see the arrow pointing much higher in the positive direction than I anticipated yeah. at this point. You just can't can't deny it. And the kid uh, is right; he's seventeen year old, seventeen years old still. Yeah. So what that can mean down the road in a year or two's time is a little bit crazy to think about because clearly the coaching staff trusted him. Now they, again, like I said, they didn't have a bunch of other people. Like I wouldn't expect him to play 10, 15, 20 snaps every single week unless these injuries continue at safety. But um, certainly he did enough that Ohio State could feel comfortable if they had to play him. Yeah, I have a couple thoughts. And we got to drill down. I don't know if there's anyone on the offensive line who's more positively impacted by Justin Fry's demeanor and his teaching um, style than Donovan Jackson. Uh, I don't. Donovan is a big, nasty, mean, aggressive offensive lineman on the field, but he's an extremely cerebral, sensitive almost uh, young man off of it. And I think that there's probably a way that Justin Fry connects with him that I don't think Greg Strudrower would have been able to. Um, so I think you're going to see that keep going and going and going. Sonny Styles, remember like a year ago we were talking about super seniors. Mm-hmm. He's like a super freshman, yeah, because he's not supposed to be here. So it only changes the the magnitude of how crazy it is what he's doing even more uh i'm gonna say are we are we still talking ups or downs are we just saying whatever you do so whatever you, you want down? you want to throw it down no, i don't know you i mean, got I a downer i don't, I don't know. know it's What's a stack it? it's a stock watch yeah. right it's yeah, not well, a, sure no, i don't have a down i'm just wondering oh, well you're uh, allowed to do i want to talk bro. about something because we can change the rules right corners there are rules i want to talk no rules trevion just right and i want to talk about trevion henderson because i think He's being unfairly put in the down category, and I just don't buy it. Okay. Uh, I, I just, I, I've been trying to put this into context over the last couple of days because I see it a ton about the difference right now between Mayan and Trey, right? And I've said Trey Grant Henderson has the best high school running back tape maybe I've ever seen. So when he gets into Ohio State, his expectations are right here, right? Super high. And maybe right now he's playing. He's, he's averaging like six yards of carry. Where was it? Here? It's like here. He's down, you know, he, because I want to be able to track the stock. So this went down uh, a yeah. finger length. Because high school tape means nothing. And it shouldn't mean anything except for what we expect uh, here. And then when they get here and they don't hit it, it's like, oh, well, yeah, he's playing against like teenagers in Virginia who were not on the same planet as he was. Now he's here. So he's here, right? Mine Williams, because he was recruited by Ohio State at a time when. They had had Tell me when. decommitments, essentially, from Bijan Robinson and, and Jalen Knighton in that class. A lot of people just assumed he was sort of just throw in, like, oh, we, we got away with one. We, we needed someone. Let's just pick any slouch. So the expectations were here. <laughs> and he's playing here. I don't think that because Travion, because Mayan's playing so much better than people expected, that Travion's playing that much worse than people expected. Does that make sense? I was trying to lend you a hand because you only had two. Why didn't you want to participate? I don't want to. I think I think how it looks sometimes might impact the, the way people because let's say they both average seven yards a carry. Mine, it's like seven, 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 sure. seven, and Trey, it's like two, 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 ninety. Like, like and it's, it's. I don't know. That doesn't equal seven. Do you, you know that but, Barry Sanders had more <laughs> negative rushing plays than like any running back in NFL oh, history for the Lions? But he, but he was also like the best running He's back of goal. all time. Yeah. So I think that you have to be looking at this objectively and realize that they're different style backs. Now, that's not to say Mayan may not be seeing things a little bit better than Trey right now, because I think that's a fair mm-hmm. like comparison point, and I think that's objectively true. But again, I don't think that that is some 
should be used as a way to knock what Travion Henderson is doing. I don't think he's playing poorly. I just I think Maya is playing really well, and they're probably about the same level. So my point here, if we're talking stock watch, mm-hmm. is that Travion Henderson's still a level stock. Okay, so, for sure. So don't don't America don't do it. Don't get all weird about Travion Henderson. Okay, that's today's. That's if, today's well, that's, motto. Don't get weird. If people want to sell me Travion stock at a lower price, I'll buy it. Yeah. <laughs> like, don't get weird, America. That's today's lesson. It's a good lesson. It's a good lesson. Uh, my, my only one was kidding. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Um, Teron Vincent. You have I great think. comedic timing. <laughs> Thank you. Teron Vincent is a guy that was talked about a little bit on Tuesday who gets overshadowed because Michael Hall has been so good and because the ends are playing very well. And, and sometimes the job of the guy in that position can be um, a little unglamorous, um, eating up double teams so that a guy like Mike Hall doesn't get singled up uh, and, and terrorizes a backfield. But I think Teron's been really solid. So I, I don't think it's like a super, super high stock at the moment, but, but I think it is pointing upward for sure. Um, and a guy that we probably should talk about a little more for the impact that he's making on the defense. First class. Yeah. Stock down. Ooh. Okay. Now we're getting somewhere. The health of the Ohio State Buckeyes. And I don't know. Womp, womp. I don't know, like, how to describe it. Like, they've got one of the best training staffs in all of the country. They have the cutting-edge technology. They monitor every single thing every day. This is not a stock down for the training staff. Collectively, there's just, there's something about this team that, like, they're, new things are popping up every single week. And I, I get... There's a lot of discussion about where the cause of that is, where the blame may lie. I, I don't need, I hate even hate even saying it that way because this game is so physical and violent, and Ohio State is making a conscious decision to make its team tougher. Well, that comes with a price. You don't get to just magically become that without going through tough situations. But every single week when you're going out there and we have to spend so much time trying to parse through clues and figure out who's coming back this time and what's this new thing that's picked up and when will they get back out? Like it doesn't really matter in the end if when you're playing Rutgers or when you're playing Michigan state and there's nothing that has been of the season ending variety. And from that respect, I think maybe there's a case to be made. We're spending too much time worrying about it for Ohio state, but when you're comparing it and projecting down the road, are they going to stay unbeaten? Are they going to beat the toughest teams on their schedule? Are they going to be ready to go to Penn state what would happen if in a hypothetical matchup with Georgia or Alabama? Like, We just haven't seen Ohio State at its ceiling, and I wonder if these things will linger on. Now, because of the things that I said that I do believe that the training staff and Mickey Marotti and you know the people who make their food upstairs and all the other things, like I think that Ohio State will get it figured out and eventually have things pointed in the right direction. And maybe just the way they're practicing now is because they're playing – Toledo's and Rutgers and Michigan State that they don't have to they're not getting the same tests on Saturday. I don't know. That was the question it I was going to ask. That, way, kind of. that was yeah. the question I was just going to posit in retort to yeah. you. Like do do we believe or think that the the aggressiveness and, and ferocity with which they're handling Tuesday and Wednesday changes as we get past the bye week? I think it needs to, right? If this is the cost and you don't have any of your top three corners, for example, against, I don't know, Sean Clifford. Right. Ugh. Like, <laughs> oh, that's, the, that's the correct noise to make. You know, but like, just for example, like, once you get into that part, can you afford to be without, you know, your entire starting lineup at corner? No. Like, if you are getting into the Michigan game and you, like, Mike Hall 
just had to go bang against Donovan Jackson all week. Like you can't do that then, right? That's yeah. that doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. But but I I I understand the urge to want to do it now, especially when like the mantra for the season is to maintain your competitive stamina, which they did not always do very well when they played teams like they're gonna play on Saturday or played um even last week, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I mean we have to include I thought, it. I don't know that I thought it was Wisconsin that way going in, but yeah. but they are trying to maintain an edge, and there's a balance there. And, and I, I guess you can question if they've taken it too far with how banged up they are. But I don't like you can't control a guy rolling an ankle or or bumping yeah. his head, unfortunately. So I don't I don't know. I, I think they're probably going about it the right way because I I would want to make sure that they're getting the proper kind of work in during the week if they're not going to get it on Saturday. And the goal is to be your best team at the end of November. Yeah. So, as you said, like there's not a bunch of season-ending injuries. It's nagging things. And if the goal is to make those guys work through those and get tougher, then you, you hope it plays out. I, I think it's interesting in that we don't see – again, we don't pay a ton of attention to Alabama and Georgia. Like, are they having these same issues? I don't know. Uh, does it does it matter for Ohio State when you're getting ready to play Rutgers and then you get uh, what's clearly a down Michigan State team? Then you get a week off. Maybe this is the end of this cycle of of, of going as hard as they've been going. But you know, get better, get better, get better is the goal. And and for us covering it, it's a little frustrating. I, Ryan Day on Tuesday did say like they're gonna adjust the way they handle the availability report. They're going to meet probably on Friday now instead of Thursday to give the answers, and maybe we'll get some more clarity on stuff. But generally speaking, that's that's the way the cookie crumbles. All right, we'll take a quick break. we got a couple more uh, additions to come on the Stockwatch. We'll be right back. All right, taking a little break for a new addition to the Stockwatch. We're going to put a different spin on it. We're hanging out at Card Collector 2 in Grove City. This is Card Collector 2. If you don't know him, you probably do because he's got about 100 million more followers than we do on the podcast. But this is Ryan Johnson. Uh, we, so Bill and I got into cards mainly or back into cards after COVID and found that this was the spot to be because you're the best in the business at it. And the card industry has changed a lot, even in just the two years and NIL has also tweaked it. So we're talking about cards on the rise, stock watch felt like a natural fit to look at some of the Buckeyes, either NFL or now college since they're allowed and Prices seem to be going up. Yeah. One guy in particular seems to be this guy. Mr. Mr. Is this what Yeah. Mr. Uh, Mr. CJ Stroud. So I don't think it's one thing we talked about a little bit earlier was I don't know if the uh, if if a lot of Ohio State fans know that some of these guys now have cards, right? Even before NIL, uh, it wasn't necessarily widely known that they have cards, but uh, one of the guys on this uh this little stock watch, I would have to say, is, is is CJ Stroud. Yeah. Who's had cards for a few years now. This this one is pretty incredible. So what do you have? We're going to show these off a little bit. These are even pre-Ohio State cards, Correct. right? Yep. So these were signed at the Leaf All-American Bowl, or the All-American Bowl, that no longer exists. My understanding <laughs> is that they the Leaf stopped having an agreement with them, or they stopped the bowl completely. I think the bowl still goes. You yeah. guys would be the experts for that. Yep. But Leaf no longer produces this product then. And so 2020 uh, was the last year they made it. CJ is one of the bigger names in the product. But these were signed at that game. These are the This is the official jersey he wore during the game. 
and they've got different variations of them. So this one, there's only five of this card. Right. There's 25 of this card. So there's different numberings and such. But yeah, it's kind of cool to get these before they actually step on campus at Ohio State. Kind of a way to invest in the future of the Buckeyes. We're in a world now, like you look at your shelves over here, like CJ Stroud is probably in some of these boxes now. That wasn't the case, you know, even, even a year ago. Uh, but I guess like what kind of value does stuff like this still hold? I'm not even talking like monetary monetary value, but sort of <laughs> sentimental value that you're able to get a card of a guy like this even before he becomes sort of a household name and, a, you know, one of the faces of college football. Yeah, I think that's what makes it fun, right, is to be able to pick up these guys before they become superstars, right? You know, I was talking to Burn beforehand, but I still have the original sticker from when I purchased this CJ Stroud patch auto out of 15. It's now worth hundreds of dollars and the price tag was $60. <laughs> so it's just crazy to see how far it's come. And, you know, that was two years ago, right? So to be able to buy that before when, when Justin's there, nobody's thinking about CJ, right? It's all Justin and yep. what that team's going to look like and what they're going to do and what they're going to accomplish. And you're able to buy some of the other guys that are kind of out of sight, out of mind. And when they turn out to be as good as CJ has been so far, it's it's cool. That was a pretty savvy pickup, especially like, so Bryce Young was in this set. Yep. And then in December, he gets a nice new trophy. What happened to his cards? What, what happened to them in December? And what could happen to a CJ Stroud triple patch? Uh, I don't know how to, it's not a, not an RPA, right? If it's a high school amateur rookie card, I don't know what we call it, but out of five, like what happened that moment if you're sort of playing that stock watch and what could happen with CJ if he wins a Heisman as well? Yeah, it's, uh, it's definitely nice when they win if you own their stuff, right? It's, <laughs> it's, uh, it bumps them in terms of relevancy, right? So when everybody sees them, when a Heisman sees them, when a national title, whatever the case may be, People go look for their cards. The average fan goes to look and, hey, does this person have cards? So it uh, it definitely leads to a lot more searches, a lot more interest, and demand definitely spikes the uh, spikes the price. And if CJ keeps playing the way he is, and you know leads this team to an undefeated season, a, a win against the team up north, and other big things, it it could definitely have a, a nice impact and a nice bump on on his cards. Is this too much pressure for you that you have CJ Stroud? Uh, autos on hand. I, I don't think that you would probably want to sell those with your personal collection, but that seems like you're tied up monetarily and with your heart <laughs> since you're such a big Ohio State fan. That seems like a lot of a lot of stress for CJ. Yeah, I hope it's not too much stress for CJ. I'm definitely not looking to uh, to put that kind of stress on him. Um, these are these were ones I picked up early, and it's just again as an Ohio State collector, this is stuff I enjoy. So we won't, uh, regardless of whatever CJ career turns into at Ohio State or beyond, these will uh, these will be ones we keep in the personal collection. So certainly no added pressure for, for CJ. <laughs> it's cool too though. Like I know we're talking a lot about CJ, but you, you did a video with Ronnie Hickman and you were opening boxes of, of this stuff. And yep. there's other Buckeyes in there too. Like if you're, you can go wild, I think, trying to invest in cards and some of it is quite expensive, but there's you also- You can go wild? Is that you right? You can go, I'm speaking <laughs> from personal experience, unfortunately. Um, but there's also another level to it too where- if you're a diehard Ohio State fan like yourself, you can go through some of these boxes and find like, you know, a Cody Simon. Or I think I, yep. there was a time, I believe, that I was looking to uh, possibly buy a Luke Whipler card on, on yeah. eBay that, that I decided not to buy. But I like that side of it too. Like you're not just looking for the big names. You're looking for the guys that you're invested in because you're a fan of that college program. Yep. And it works in the same way as like the quarterbacks, even with the small, like the guys that aren't as popular as the QBs are like, 
Lathan Ransom has cards. Paris Johnson has cards. And this has been going on for years, though. I mean, I remember before the three-game stretch Zeke had, mm-hmm. right? He had cards. I owned a patch auto of Zeke at the time, and it was $50. Had a full signature, beautiful card, and then Zeke goes crazy and... <laughs> You know, changed his signature. He changed his signature. <laughs> yeah. So it's cool. That's the best part about it is be able to get some of the guys early, even if they are not the biggest household names like Stroud or Zeke. It's just there's a lot of a lot of cool opportunities for the everyday collector to be able to get that stuff if you really enjoy Ohio State. I am an owner of a Parrish Johnson uh leaf autograph card. Oh, me too. Yeah. So all three that? of us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we all have something in common. Oh, Berm's got one too. How about that? We're, we're cornering the market. We're going to inflate the value of a future first-round draft pick, but I have I suspect that none of us really want to move those. If you do want to buy some, uh, there's a couple rows over there in the display case of Ohio State players that Ryan has down here. Card Collector 2 Sports Cards, that's in Grove City. We're going to try and check in with him if he'll welcome us back in uh, throughout the season and look at some cool stuff that he's picked up for you know new guys in the NFL, Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave. That stuff is trending the right direction for them. Uh, if, if you're big fans of those former Buckeyes, it's fun to get that stuff. And we're going to have him on a few more stock watches uh, as long as he wants to uh, for Ryan. We're going to check in with him again next week. That's Bill. I'm Austin. Back to the stock watch at the Woody Hayes Athletic Center. All right. Thanks to uh, Card Collector 2 for having us down there. Um, Berm rips some cards, hit some major hits down there. No, I he's rich now. He's super rich. This will this will be his last stock watch because... Yeah. He's buying the stock market. See you guys. I'm out of here. Uh, no, that's not what happened at oh, all. Okay. Uh, but you know what did happen? What? That's a smooth segue. These are almost segues. These are lime scooters. <laughs> um, son of a gun. Nailed it, America. Um, you're supposed to be picking a player so, or a so trend. you're being generic yeah. this week, uh, I'm going to be generic. And I think I'm we Austin. Have, nice to meet you. I think, oh my God. I think we have to talk go. about Perry Eliano, the Ohio State safeties coach. Okay. Now we're getting it. In a room that has seen, let's say, some challenges uh, because of, you know, the aforementioned injury bug that's eating Ohio State's football team alive. Um, Perry Eliano has been, he's just cycled guys in and out of that room and on the field. And every time they come out, they, they don't look like bad. So I think that's good. And therefore, up. Perry Eliano up. I said a few weeks ago in, a, in an off-record conversation, because we do talk to each other when we're not recording, which is interesting. Um, I said that Too I... Too interesting. I believed that Perry Eliano may be the surprise choice to be the next head coach off of this Ohio State staff. Not in Columbus necessarily, but somewhere out there. Athens, Ohio? Perhaps. Somewhere out there. Um, I think it's Riley Jeffers. Yeah. <laughs> You're just doing that because you know he's watching. Yeah. Yeah. Huh? Shout Riley. out to Riley. Unbelievable. That's sort of patronizing. Oh, my gosh. I think it's going to be Keenan Bailey. But anyhow, <laughs> the point is, uh, Perry Eliano has done a really good job getting his dudes ready to play. Uh, and he's doing it in a way that guys are really connecting to. And I just think that as a coach, up, 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 up. up. Uh, I'll pick one of the guys out of that room, Tanner McAllister, who, um, like, our preseason conversations about him were how quickly is he going to lose his job, yeah. basically. Mm. Um, and... I think we all sort of viewed him more as a guy who was going to come in here and be an extra coach for Jim Knowles and maybe not have much of an impact. But I think he's had a pretty big impact at this point. Uh, Saved a touchdown against Wisconsin. I guess it was an inconsequential touchdown, but saved it nonetheless. Um, Had a couple of bone-jarring hits. He's got a little more versatility, I think, to his game than than I expected when he came here. Has been more involved as a as a run defender than I than I thought he would be. Um, So he's playing well. So I think I think his stock's up a little bit too. And 
Um, he is not in jeopardy, at least at the moment, of, of losing his job. So good for him. I, I'll just say that Mitch Rossi again. I just love him. It's such a good story. What? What? Firm. I just I, I just think that Central Ohio on this beautiful fall day is is great to look at the sky. It's fullback weather. So don't you think that having a Big Ten fullback is a good thing? Sure. Absolutely. Yes. I haven't named him from a stock watch before. I've just talked about him in other situations. And Ohio State trusts him a lot. It expands the options that they have in the red zone. Bill's broken down the short red zone with his advanced metrics, the, the Bill Landis analytics department. They're real good. <laughs> the, the Blad. The Blad. I was the just going to say it's maybe not. Maybe just bad. Bill Landis analytics department definitely the warning the reps. William analytics the department. <laughs> the yeah, all of that is trending up, 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 and you just I just feel good for guys like that former walk-ons who find a role, carve it out. It tugs tugs at the emotions. Okay, I like it. I accept your your theory. Yeah, I accept your um, proposal. I have thank a proposal. you. Why don't we do this on this here episode of the Stock Watch and move, oh, what's gonna adapt happen? it moving forward? Okay. Who's a player in this game against the Rutgers Scarlet Knights that we believe needs to have an up type of game? Kyle McCord. Damn it. I just want to say it before you could. <laughs> There's one. Let the man throw the pigskin around. What about you? Kyle McCord. I, <laughs> <laughs> enough, um, who else could it be? Um, well, I... I I'd really like to see the secondary be full strength and see what it doesn't matter for Rutgers, but like at some point we can't just say that Cameron Martinez, and I know that he's working back through injury, is really valuable and can play every different position. Like I'd like for him to get an opportunity to do that. Rutgers is normally a game um, and has been in the past where he gets to get out there and, and show what he can do. And he's had a couple chances this year, but I, I think sometimes these games where it's like you start to rotate in in the second quarter, and it's still meaningful action. You learn more uh, about some of these guys. Maybe that'll happen for Sonny Styles. I hope it happens for Caden Curry. I'm, I'm, you two were already there a week or two ago. I'm fully on board based on everything that I'm hearing coming out uh, of the Woody and the practice performances for him. I think he needs to be involved, Caden Curry, this week. So I guess I named four, but I'll stick with maybe Caden Curry directly. I'm going to pick Javante Jean-Baptiste or Tyler Friday because if they don't, have a stock up game. I can't see any further reason that they're playing ahead of Caden Curry okay. at any point the rest of the season. That's sort of my it's a good one belief there. Uh, and then on offense, I, I want to go with G Scott. I mentioned him as an up guy um, last week on the show, and I think that he's certainly earning reps. We're seeing him out there a lot, and he's early, uh, early in the game. And I want to see him make some catches and make some plays and show another dimension similar to what Mitch Rossi has done. Similar to what Cade Stover has done, like once you add all these little pieces that people don't really think Ohio State had heading into the year, it really opens things up heading towards the end of October and November. So to me, that's offense, defense, G. Scott, and then one of the senior defensive ends who are playing when, if we're being honest, aren't playing particularly great. Yeah, that was a that was a great idea, Berm. Nice addition to the show. Hope you also enjoyed our trip to Grove City. Might do that a few more times this year as well. We'll see. Um, but this has been the Podcast Daily for a Wednesday, halfway to Ohio State and Rutgers Saturday, 3.30. Is that our kickoff time? 3.30. Beautiful afternoon uh, in Columbus, Ohio at the Horseshoe. That's Bill and Berm. I'm Austin. See you tomorrow. <laughs>